0: Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, episode 390. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I'm so happy to have you here today and I'm also thrilled to introduce our guest, Greg Jeffries. Greg is the founder of SEO Affiliate Domination and has done amazing or made amazing. Yeah. See, I told you I would have bloopers. (laughs) You've learned how to just create waves in affiliate marketing. Would that be a fair way of putting it?
1: Yeah. Just basically kind of, yeah, create something out of the nothingness or whatever the vastness of the internet, you know, there's there's so much opportunity out there, and it's it's just crazy that you can just sort of step right in and grab as much of it as you want.
0: I definitely want to hear more, especially considering. And I was sharing this with you in the pre-chat. Just last month, I made my first two dollars and twenty-two cents off of Amazon affiliates. Yes, That's listeners, awesome. there are affiliate links in my show notes. Which, if you're doing a podcast or blog articles, you. In my opinion, you should always be using affiliate links, but I'm sure Greg will give more of his opinion on that. But Greg, how did you get to where you are today? I mean, you and I have chatted a, a little bit in the pre-chat, but I didn't even think to push recording earlier. How <laughs> did you get here?
1: Yeah, it's just kind of start and take action, jump right in. I mean, I kind of officially marked the beginning of my affiliate marketing, internet marketing journey in about the fall of 2010. So about eight years ago or so. And it sucks being at square one and a complete newbie and stuff, but you got to start somewhere. And I I don't know how else to, I don't know how to get you from like newbie to expert in no time at all or whatever. You just sort of have to dive in. And I went through hundreds of courses on all different kinds of ways to make money online and just naturally gravitated over time towards SEO. Uh, I was attracted to it mostly because although you'd have to put in kind of more effort or it seems like more effort on the front end you know, and time and waiting for things to you know potentially rank and stuff with YouTube and Google, it didn't have a lot of upfront cost and stuff. So with like a lot of people dive into paid traffic, but you have to have a budget for paid traffic. So like the ideal scenario for me or for anybody, I think with getting started with a side hustle would be first to have a decent enough job to where you have some extra money at the end of every month on top of your expenses and stuff. But that that's never been the case for me at a job. Unfortunately, not been the best at communicating like my skills and my abilities and translating that into dollars and stuff and working for employers and stuff. So I've never had a job that paid me, I think more than like 22, 23,000, that was before taxes. So like I had less than that that I was bringing home. And so that doesn't really afford me the kind of lifestyle to like live to have really anything left over at the end of each month. And so I just kind of had to work with what I had, which was, you know, SEO and the tools that you need to get started, like a domain website and then, you know, if you're doing like YouTube videos, basically just a microphone, computer, internet connection, you're good to go. And again, while it does take time, though, it does take effort and stuff for me at least. I was broke so all I had was time. So like while it's the idea the thought of like spending a lot of time and you're broke and like you don't know when this stuff's going to kick in and stuff, it's a little bit frustrating cuz you want to get out of that crappy situation ASAP. You just have to kind of buckle down and <laughs> focus and be disciplined and put in the effort and eventually the you, you know you'll reap the rewards and that effort will kick in like it always eventually kicks in and you're going to start to earn commissions. And then those commissions are generally going to continue month after month. So it's really nice and really rewarding months after you put in the work to see continued commissions every single month with you know, whatever it is that you decide to promote.
0: Oh, I love that. Because when you put it that way, I mean, I know plenty of people who have been frustrated in their day job. They get home. They're just exhausted from being fed up. So they sit down in front of the TV, and they just watch TV all night, right?
1: Right. So you have the time because yeah. you're watching four hours of Netflix. And, and I exactly. get it. You're drained. I mean, that was the same way with me. I, and me. Yeah, I would come home and they say nine to five, but I, that's kind of a, a lie because you got to factor in lunch, you got to factor in the commute. So I, it's about a 12 hour day for most people at work. And then they come home and I only had about two hours of productive energy. Now I had more time than that, but I was like, I'm so drained from work. Like my brain is mush.
0: And your eyes start crossing after those two hours.
1: Yeah. So it's like you only have the energy to watch a video or something like that, or to maybe go through a course and you think you're being productive and stuff, or that's what you tell yourself, but you're only going to get results by taking action yourself. I mean, books are great. Courses are awesome, but there's only so many books that you really need to read. Like, cause all this stuff, tell you what I do exactly. It's not you're gonna be like, wow, it's really simple. It's not rocket science, because it's not. None of this stuff really is. It's not super duper high level or secretive or stuff. It's literally like the only thing that separates me from other people that are not doing this is I'm I've taken action. I've taken a lot of action. And along the way, going through a lot of courses too, so I take more. Targeted action. So it's not just like random action.
0: So you're not just shooting in the dark trying to see where it winds up.
1: Yeah, I I say like shooting in the dark with a blindfold on. It's just, Mm -hmm. yeah, mine is more targeted at this point because, you know, I've refined some things to where I don't just guess as much anymore. But that comes with doing. And you're only going to get to that level from, you know, you're only going to get that experience from, uh, you know, the results you get the experience by taking action. You don't get the experience by reading a book, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I completely, like, I understand the pain of where you came from. And we chatted about this a little bit in the pre-chat. Listeners, I'm giving away my age here if you haven't heard it before. I graduated college in 2001 with my degree in interior architecture. And I went to Manhattan for an interior design job. I was not paid very much. The rental agents in Manhattan laughed me out because there was no way I could afford an apartment in Manhattan. So there came my commute. And by the time I left New York four years later, I was commuting two hours every day back and forth to Greenwich, Connecticut. So not only was with my two-year-old son by that point. So it was seriously a 12 to 14 hour day. And at the end of that day, I was just like, well, but starving artists. There you go. I mean, and you went to art school. It's not a joke. It doesn't matter if you have a degree.
1: Right. And it's not just artists. You know, we're both designers by trade, but like it's just depressing because you have a job. It's not like you're trying to work the system or whatever and try to get like all these government assistance. You have a job and you're working really hard and long hours and yet it's not enough. And it's not because you're trying to like live beyond your means. You literally aren't making enough to live, you know, cover basic expenses. And so you get yourself into like sometimes like credit card debt, not even to like buy nice shoes or anything fancy or go on a a nice restaurant or whatever, but literally just to cover basic expenses. Just to
0: keep the electric on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's really sad. And The crazier thing is like kind of get out of that world. You realize, man, I was like barely keeping my head above water with these jobs. And it really doesn't take that much money to live a a pretty comfortable life yeah it doesn't take that much money it doesn't and it's not that hard to get that money (laughs) but at a job sometimes it can be which is crazy because I don't work as hard as I used to and I make way more and uh, it's just I'm trying to instill that in some of my students and friends and stuff that like you know because for me I've kind of discovered for myself and for other people that I talked to over the years that sort of that magic number for most people, at least in the, the States, to kind of break free from that nine to five is somewhere between 100 and 200 bucks a day. So if they can make like 3000 to $5,000 a month passively, that would, for most people, I feel, cancel out the need for a job. If you had that coming in every month, like you may not be living like a you know rock star or something or actor or actress, but like you'll have all your expenses met, which is kind of what everybody wants. They just want freedom.
0: Isn't that totally unbelievable though? Like, I mean, I have five kids. I do live in Ohio. I'm not in you know, Southern California, any part of California, let's just be honest, or Manhattan. So my house payment is not that big when you look at it. And even with five kids, that amount would pay all of our household expenses plus give us some savings, three to 5,000 a month. That's not what I make. But I didn't realize that I could make more than I was. Mm -hmm. until I actually got out and started seeing the light. Yeah. I mean, I lost my job in 2008 as an interior designer, and then I got divorced. And you have to do what you have to do, so you can do what you want to do. I didn't even know what I wanted to do. So I started rolling burritos at Chipotle. I got kicked off the line and sent to the cash register because my burritos wouldn't stay together. (laughs) You know, I was paying the bills with $9 an hour. And then... I got a job as a secretary because that's what I could find here in Ohio. Uh, It's not the interior design mecca of the world out here when you lose your job designing schools, but $12 an hour. But for so many of the people around, especially in my blue collar town, they think that $12 an hour is just where they're going to be. I mean, even my husband, I'm sure you wouldn't appreciate me putting this out there. He's a retail manager at $12 Mm -hmm. an hour. But I know this is off the topic of What you do, and I will definitely circle back to that.
1: No, it's highly relevant. (laughs) though.
0: Awesome. So he's actually had to keep it. He went back to college, actually, after we got married. He's a video game designer and developer. And so his dream is, you know, he doesn't want to design the next Minecraft. He wants to design his own version, you know, that makes billions. That would be awesome. But in the meantime, to buy a house as an entrepreneur is a struggle. I don't know if you've ever had to go through that.
1: I haven't yet, but even if you have the money, yes, a lot more money, they're like, oh, it's almost like it's easier to buy a house with a like, was it W two job or whatever. But even if you're like a millionaire, they're like, well, let me see like this proof, proof. for like for the last two years. And I'm like, yeah. So even if you've made a million dollars, but it was you know just in the last year, they're like, well, I don't know. It's like I can literally buy this house with cash. <laughs> like, right.
0: So we just actually found out yesterday that our mortgage loan application was finally approved, but they didn't even want to see me on the application. They didn't want any evidence of me. We had to use my husband's job as a retail manager, making 12 to 12.50 an hour. That's all they wanted to
1: see. It's crazy.
0: Absolutely crazy because we knew that unfortunately for him, he had to stick in that job. Mm. He has to stick in that job until the closing is final. Listeners, If you are waiting to leave your full-time job or if you're contemplating, but you see that you want to buy property, please do that before you leave your full-time job. Let us save you that hassle, but don't extend it like years and years and years because you can buy a house as an entrepreneur. I'm just giving you a heads up that it will take a little bit longer.
1: Yeah. And that's the same way with like loans and stuff. They like to see like Stableness of an employer, even though that's not really necessarily stable, as opposed to self employed. They don't really like that.
0: That's what's crazy to me, too. I mean, you know, my husband gets paid every other week. And we know that's the only time that he's having money come in unless he's doing some other contracting. But for me, if I said today, well, you know, the furnace breaks, we need a new one tomorrow and we need to come up with that money, I could do Mm -hmm. something like today. To go get that money. Yep. Yeah. I think banks need to wake up and see that entrepreneurship is not I think it's actually more stable personally than employment.
1: Absolutely, because I mean there's so many things we could tangents we could get off on. But uh, I wanna go back to the hourly wage and stuff. I remember when I first started working and yeah, I came from a middle class family, but I you know, they covered most of all of my expenses. So everything that I was working for in the beginning they didn't make me pay for like gas and rent and all that stuff. I was just living at home, so all of my paychecks was just like my money and stuff. So even though it was very small amounts, it was just all profit to me. But I remember thinking, like, wow, the minimum wage is like seven twenty-five or whatever. I think it just went up like when I first started working. I think it was maybe five eighty five when I first started working. And then it went up to like seven twenty five one summer. But I was like, "Wow, like that's the minimum wage. That's the amount that they have to pay me." And this is as a college graduate? Uh, not a college graduate. No, that, okay. was, that was like first job, like summer okay. jobs, sixteen right. and stuff. Yeah. But where I'm from in Mississippi, that's uh, some people still, you know, just.
0: Oh, no, I totally hear wage,
1: Which is depressing. But like it was interesting because when I was younger, I used to kind of look up towards the amount that I was owed or supposed to be paid. Like they owe me $7.25 an hour. Like they have to at least pay me that amount. Whereas now, like now that I live by myself and cover all my expenses, I'm like, I don't understand how any adult <laughs> that's paying for all their expenses could ever survive with that. I don't know how it's possible, honestly. I think that's why a lot of people have roommates and stuff and, and live together because so they can at least have that dual income because they can't make it on one income because minimum wage is ridiculous. I want to, since we're on the topic of minimum wage, I love reading this. This is pretty depressing if your listeners want to Google this, but if you Google minimum wage, it's pretty sad. The definitions is the lowest wage permitted by law, you know, that somebody's legally required to pay you, which is, you know, for anybody on this call, hopefully you don't want to be paid the lowest possible wage that an employer has to legally pay you. Absolutely. You know, that's, that's pretty sad.
0: <laughs> Did you know what the federal income poverty line level is?
1: I think there's a range that's somewhere between like 20 and 40,000 per household, but I think that is.
0: It's seven to nine thousand per person. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Well, that's pretty depressing. But the stats that I've seen over the years was like, I think household income was like 20 to 40,000. I was like, 40,000? Like in Mississippi, 30,000 is living well, which is sad because again, I've never made over 20 something thousand. So at my job, working 40 plus hours a week, I was living below the poverty line and I'm trying to be like a good American citizen, you know, and contribute mm-hmm. to the economy and, you know, do good and just live, live a decent life. And I'm freaking broke. So I think there's a big correlation between those low wages and the rising cost of inflation and expenses and things like that, and then the level of crime and stuff and I don't think that gets highlighted in the mainstream media, but I don't think that's any coincidence. If everybody's running around broke and depressed and angry because they're broke and depressed and they don't have just enough money to do fun things and live and enjoy their life, I think that naturally leads to crime all over and stuff. So.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: You've probably heard this before it's not the love of money. That's the root of all evil. It's the lack of money. Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) Uh it's like people that are broke are usually ones that doing the crimes and stuff.
0: Absolutely. So in 2016, three years into my business, when my confidence still wasn't there, we were just struggling so bad. And, we did go to the state and listeners. I have an episode, I'll put it in the show notes that talks about asking for assistance. And I want you to know if you are at this point, there is nothing wrong with going to your local job and family services or welfare office and submitting an application. Because I personally know how hard you're working. You know, as long as you're not, you know, spending every waking hour that you're at home, if you're, you know, trying to build your business and you're working a job, just even a half hour at night, Would be effort, so just do something. But there is nothing wrong with going and asking for help. My husband and I were making a total, like after business expenses, our income showed twenty thousand dollars in two thousand fifteen. Twenty thousand. I've never shared this much on the podcast, Greg. (laughs) And we were actually told, with seven people in our house, that we earned too much to get food assistance.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I've been known and. unemployment. I've gotten one check, uh, which was freaking depressing because it was so low. It was a joke. But it's crazy because I guess since we're used to trying to be good citizens and do things the right way, we were never educated on how to game the system. Mm -hmm. And so when we actually try to tap into it because we are in a, you know, a season of need or whatever, you get ridiculous feedback like that. Like, Oh, you're not approved because you make too much. I'm like, make too much for what? Like we're freaking broke, like broker than broke. And yeah, it's like it. I remember I, uh, I think I got like $200 every two weeks or something out here in Austin. And I was like, this is insane. My apartment was your and,
0: unemployment.
1: Yeah. And I was like, or maybe it was 200 a week, but I only got one check, but I was like, I can't even pay my apartment rent. And I don't even live in a nice place. Like, this doesn't cover food. This doesn't cover gas. Like, I can't live with this. I will die with this little allowance here. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's sad that the people that actually need it don't get what they, they paid into all these years. And the people that don't deserve it are the people kind of milking the system.
0: Oh, absolutely. Around my town, there's actually signs up that are supposed to remind people that it's against federal law to sell their food. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. But I mean, for seven people, having $20,000 be too much to get food benefits. I mean, that was just a slap in the face. So we pushed the gas down a little bit further and we came out of that and entered a new season. And I'm not gonna say that it's all been perfect since then because it definitely hasn't. But just don't give up, ask for help listen to podcasts, and don't forget to implement. Stop learning all the time. Remember to implement because without the implementation, nothing's going to happen. So with that yeah. said, I want to go back to you. So you, were you working your job when you started doing affiliate marketing?
1: Yeah, because I, I moved out here to Austin in 2000 fall of 2010. So just to kind of break away from back home and stuff, so I could kind of be alone, be by myself, so I could really focus on something. I didn't know what that is. I, I just literally drove out here with, loaded up my car with no job, no apartment, and just kind of figured it out when I got out here. And I just did contract and freelance jobs for the next couple of years. And on the nights and the weekends, I had to myself. I didn't know really that many people, so I just kind of stayed inside. I, you know, my one expense that was critical that I was like, oh, you know, I don't have any other expenses outside of like electricity and stuff was internet because that was the one thing that could provide me a uh, opportunity and future and stuff was just kind of investing and buckling down and um, focusing on something, some way to make money. And, you know, I had to dig around a long time before I kind of found my groove. But so, yeah, I spend the nights and weekends just learning and going through courses and maxing out credit cards to, I got myself into a massive amount of debt, but it wasn't because I was buying anything ridiculous uh, like flashy or whatever it was all invested into internet marketing stuff so courses and ebooks and softwares and stuff like that trying to push myself ahead because i kept telling myself well even though i'm getting myself into debt if i can find that one thing that works i can pay all this back i really pushed the limits i guess of what i ever knew was possible of how far you could get into debt because (laughs) i didn't
0: I hear that. I'm laughing because I'm nodding my head because
1: I've been yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, yeah. I used to think they were ridiculous. Now I know it's kind of possible. But you hear these celebrities of like, they're uh, $200 million in debt. And you're like, I haven't even seen a million dollars. How can you be $200 million in debt like that? I don't understand. And I moved out here with one credit card. I think it had like $1,500 limit. I didn't know you could get multiple ones and I didn't really know much about how to increase those limits and stuff. I thought you always had to make more money. That's not the case.
0: Spend more and they keep on increasing your limit.
1: <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah. As, as long as you're paying your bills, um, my credit was always good. Like I always paid things on time. I may not have paid it all off on time, but I my credit, as long as you pay more than the minimum payments and stuff you make, you pay it on time, your credit score is always going to be good, which is going to, and you're making regular payments, you can get, increase credit limits, which allows you to spend more and you just keep repeating that cycle. And then you keep opening up credit cards. So I got to the point where I'm like, I'm not really going anywhere with this, I don't think, but like 30 to $50,000 in debt. When I first moved out here, I'd heard other sales videos of other marketers are like, I was $30,000 in debt. And then I you know, discovered this amazing strategy. And then I became a millionaire. And then like, I'm rich now. I was just to think like, How do you even spend $30,000 if you don't have it? Like, I couldn't really wrap my head around how a credit card could have a $30,000 limit. But I can definitely tell you that that's possible. (laughs) It's (laughs) possible to get that credit limit, and it's possible to max out those credit cards at that level. So it's crazy that – and I had to take those risks kind of myself and get into that myself because that's something nobody in my immediate family that I know of has gotten – has credit limits that high just because they don't use credit cards to that degree. But so that's like new territory for me. So I was like, I didn't have anybody to take me under my uh, under their wing and show me all this stuff. I had to kind of learn it myself. So it's cool now that I know it because I know really how far I can go, at least with what I've done so far and like the debt I've gotten into. Before there just doesn't seem to be a bottom. Honestly, I know, like I've got like over six figures in credit now. So like I know that I can spend up to that much every day if I want or whatever. And like so I've got a, a friend, for instance, that I'm kind of taken under my wing and and showing him all the stuff that I do. And he's kind of following the same footsteps because it, it was how I did. it. I'm not an advocate for anybody getting into debt, but I didn't have any other choice because I wasn't making the money at the job. And uh, just going back to that, because I think we got off it on a tangent, like the ideal situation, I think for anybody doing a side hustle would be to have a decent enough job to where you have at least a couple hundred bucks a month that you could use towards like a marketing budget after your expenses are covered. That wasn't the case with me, unfortunately. So that I couldn't think of anything else. And I was like, well, I have good credit. That's my leverage right there. I've got credit cards. Let's see how far and how high I can go with these, you know, because that is available money that I can use to propel myself forward. And that's what I used. So going back to my friend, he's, um, you know, he's got like 10, 20,000 and maybe in, in debt. And he's, he feels like his back's really against the wall and it's like the end of the world. And I'm like, trust me, it's not <laughs> because I've maxed out more than that. And I made it through and I make way more money now. So, I and mean, you have heard these like rags to riches and then, rags again and then back to yep. riches stories where and that's usually the, how it happens most people get rich and they don't know what to do with it because they're new rich or the like new uh, wealth uh-huh. is new to them nobody in their families ever achieved it so they lose it all and then they, they get it back again the second time hopefully they kind of hold on to it and so like I've been lower there is a point below zero <laughs> just so you oh, know yes there is there, there is negative uh-huh. and, and I think that's pretty much infinite but i've been a a significant way in the negative and stuff so like you know when somebody says that they're like a thousand dollars in debt i'm like a thousand dollars like i've got like fifteen thousand dollars just kind of revolving that i haven't paid off yet like it's not no big deal to me and so you kind of stretch your threshold of Your comfort level. So I like that because it kind of expands your mind. So it's, it seems like the end the end of the world when you're in that situation. But when you make it to the other side, you're like, apparently it wasn't the end because I made it through somehow in spite of the ridiculousness of the situation being tens of thousands of dollars in debt. And somehow I, I got out of it and I'm not in debt anymore. Like that's really weird because when you're in that far negative, you don't really see the way out. But somehow we just keep going. And uh, yeah, a lot absolutely. of times if you just keep going and put in some effort, I promise you just use your brain, use common sense, and you can get yourself out of pretty much any situation. Like life's not really that difficult. And all the other adults running around that were running the planet and stuff, they're not that much smarter than you. Like this stuff isn't that hard.
0: No. And honestly, a lot of the people that we see on social media probably understand the same struggles that we're going through because they've probably been through it themselves. And I just want to give a heads up. The dog will probably start barking any second because I'm a <laughs> kids about to walk in. But when I started my first business in 2005, I it was an e-commerce shop. And after about a year, I realized, you know, I don't need to be making everything. I can be buying inventory and selling it. And I did it all wrong, in my opinion. I thought that the more inventory I had, the more money I would make. So I actually went a 100000 in debt on my credit cards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I never filed bankruptcy. And as I already shared earlier in this episode, the reason why I'm not on the mortgage application is because I'm self-employed. It's not because of my credit score. My credit score is actually better than my husband's. We pulled through. But what that taught me was that Building up all that debt on the credit card wasn't necessarily the best way to go, but I've seen clients who have spent two hundred three hundred four hundred thousand dollars on on trainings, and they never yeah. implemented so mm-hmm. they weren't even even though they had spent all this money on trainings that I would have loved to have purchased there's a difference between them and I I implement they don't so yep. while they've been stuck, I've been going further, and that sounds really. That sounded really pompous on my side. I mean, I've seen (laughs) myself just propel past some of my clients just because I implement and they don't.
1: Yep. That's pretty much what I found. One of the big takeaways or things I've learned over the years that really propelled me forward was finally getting out and going to some of these live events for my particular niche, like affiliate marketing, make money online and stuff. And what I found is that the people that I met that were doing the same things that I was interested in, that were making more money. Than me, they weren't smarter than me, but they took more action than me. So, <laughs> that should hopefully inspire your listeners and stuff. That, like, I can recommend a handful of books and you'll be good forever. A handful of books, and then maybe one or two courses with whatever it is you're trying to learn, whether it be Facebook or SEO or whatever. Learn the basics. Then implement. You're going to learn everything else you need to know by taking action. There's nothing that anybody can really teach you that's going to dramatically change your results or whatever or, uh, compared to theirs. You're sure, they may know one or two little tricks, but I promise you those tricks are probably going to change over time and uh, those loopholes are going to change. But like, if you learn the fundamentals of any little traffic source or marketing platform you know enough to take action and get results this isn't rocket science it's you just kind of learn about like psychology and people and why people buy and how that works hasn't changed in hundreds of years and then just get some maybe some personal development books and then um, a course or two on what it is you're specifically trying to learn and just take action and there's so many ways to like hack your way to the top of whatever it is you're trying to do without having a lot of money. Buying your way to the top is one way, but you can almost do it faster and better sometimes without using money, just being kind of creative. And like me talking to you on this podcast is one way that I'm kind of like creating my own brand and authority and branding myself as an expert, because people are gonna come across this interview in the future that it's going to, again, just kind of give me third party validation of like, that I'm an expert at what I say I am rather than me raising my hand and saying, I'm a guru. And like, I'm the best, like, nobody, that's not very attractive to most people. But when somebody else says that you're the best at this, then everybody's kind of listens to that. So this isn't taking me much time or cost me a lot of money to be on like, this exposure and stuff. So this is one way. And on the flip side, you as the one interviewing me for people that are looking to get advice and help from some of these experts that you might admire or look up to in your niche or the niche that you're looking to get into, create a podcast, start interviewing those people because while you may not be able to afford their time as far as like buying it for their coaching, I can almost assure you that like most any one of them as long as you can connect with them or reach out to them somehow or get a hold of them, they would be more than happy to do a podcast or an interview because everybody loves like telling their story and just getting that exposure out there and stuff. So that's a really simple hack and way to kind of get the information that you want and get it for free basically for talking to the people that you want to network with and also building a relationship with those people without having to pay them money. It's a great little hack, and it's a win-win. This interview is a win for me. It's a win for you. Like It builds both of our credibility and authority and expertise and stuff. So, And you, that's a way that you can kind of work your way up the system. And eventually, it's just kind of like the foreword in a book. Like if, if I'm a nobody, nobody's ever heard of me, and I wrote this amazing book, one way to get instant credibility is to get a foreword or a testimonial or endorsement by like Jack Canfield or Tony Robbins. Like, well, I don't yeah, know someone who the heck. big. Yeah, I don't know who the heck Greg Jeffries is, but holy crap, like Tony Robbins has the foreword. I I totally know who he is. So that must that authority is going to pass on to me immediately because of Tony, because of the stuff that he's the work that he's done. Mm -hmm. So it's there's so many like simple, (laughs) creative ways that you can kind of hack your way to the top. Without have and, and bypass years and years of hard work and effort and you know tens of thousands of dollars of uh, time and money invested and stuff. So,
0: thank you so much for bringing that up. I want to circle back around to something though because I I can hear listeners like scratching their head trying to put all the pieces together mm-hmm. based upon a couple numbers that you have shared. And I want you to clarify because I know there's more to this. First, you shared that you have over a hundred thousand in credit available, and you've mm-hmm. never made more than 20000 mm-hmm. but that was, you've never made more than 20000 in a job for an employer,
1: mm-hmm. yes? Right.
0: So can you share what has happened since you started your business? Because I don't want people thinking he's never made more than 20000 he's telling us to get credit cards and he's <laughs> over $100,000, and I just want to clarify, he's not saying he has over $100,000 of credit card debt, he's saying he has 100,000 credit available.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. So as I kind of the last three or four years, so that number at the job has kind of stayed the same. It's been somewhere between like, it's it's been really low. It's pretty depressing, but probably like eight. Are you still eight, in the eight. job? No, no.
0: Okay. I was going to say what?
1: <laughs> no, that would be crazy. But um, I'll get back to that in a second. But the, yeah, the number is probably at the job somewhere between like 18 to 20, one 2000 a year. So that was like the job money. And then on the side, I had built it up starting three or four years ago, up to like, low four figures, like we're talking about like 1500 to like $3,000 was a really, really good month. That wasn't every month. It was like that was a good month. And the money started to increase once I finally started to track it, which is no coincidence. You know, Uh if you don't, measure it you know it's not, you're not going to know where you stand and so once i started tracking my income which was a couple of years ago i could hold myself accountable now you know i could maintain that income each month and i knew how much how hard i need to work the following month based on what commissions were going to come you know be paid out that next month and stuff so yeah just moving along that i made a couple thousand dollars and then the next year it was maybe like I matched or exceeded a little bit what I made at my job. So I was like, oh, cool. Like, this is actually a livable wage now when you combine my Internet money with my job. That's I can get by with that. And then the next year I made like twice as much as I made at my job. So I was like, "Ah." but remember, I had kind of revolving uh, credit card debt and stuff. So while I was bringing in more, I was also buying more courses and I had debt and stuff that I was accruing. And then it finally, my job just got to the point where it wasn't a bad job, but it just got to the point where I was making like $14 at this job, which wasn't terrible, but it just got to the point where I was uh just mentally exhausted to the point because I wasn't really doing much to be honest. And it was like, I had gotten to the confidence level since I was consistently making more on the side than my job. And I was like, man, and I stayed way longer than I needed to. I had, I had this little burning itching feeling of like, I need to leave. And I, I hung around for like six more months, which was just like, really, really painful. How?
0: I just had to ask how?
1: I guess it had a lot to do with, with at the time, that job, it, it was a weird job because uh, it, it was in the e-com space. But I don't even know how to describe it other than like, I was kind of on an Island by myself. So I didn't have anybody to report to and nobody was under me. So nobody checked on me. So I literally would come and sit in my seat for like eight hours a day for months. And so I, While I was not getting paid much, I was like, man, I'm just going to like ride this out and milk this for however long it lasts because I'm never going to have a job this easy before. It's mind numbing and I hate it, but I'm literally not doing anything. I'm I'm sitting and watching like courses, videos and stuff uh, while I'm here. But it it got to the point where I was like, man, I I ran out of motivational videos to watch. Like uh, I need to take action because if I was taking action, I could be Resting for the rest of the day or something. I don't need to be here eight hours and then go home and work additional hours. I got to the point where I was like, man, I know I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but like if this is consuming 10 to 12 hours of my day, just, you know, the commute and then being here all day, I was like, I can figure out a way. Like the the day translated into it's like $14 an hour. That's $100 less than $100. It was like 80 something dollars a day or something, maybe. And I was like, I know I can make. More than this in less time, I probably make $100 in four hours or something, surely. It just got to the point where I I was making enough to where I was like, okay, December of 2016, I was like, man, it's over. I have to leave. Even at that point, I still had to um, make up the difference of the money that I was getting paid at my job, which again, it wasn't very much, but still, I didn't like jump ship and everything was gravy after that because I, again while like 1200 to $1,500 isn't much, I still had to fill in and make up that difference with affiliate income pretty quickly to continue paying my bills and live comfortably and stuff. But I was like, I'm going to do it. Like this is, it was my second time to try this and like work for myself just to put that into context too, because um, the first time was in 2012 and I, I got, this was the wrong way to do it, but it would have worked out if I would have, did what I said it was going to do. But I, I got a $15,000 loan (laughs) 2012. And at the time I was making money with courses on platforms like Udemy and Skillshare. And I was making a couple hundred bucks a month. And I was like, man, okay, the way that this is going, if I get this loan, that's going to cover my costs, my expenses for like a solid six months or so, which, you know, don't ever take out a loan to live. That's not very smart,
0: but just like they say about student loans. Yeah. 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 Don't
1: take out a loan to live. However, it would have worked out if I would have just done what I said I was going to do. I didn't do that. I wasn't disciplined because i had never worked for myself. So I was always used to taking orders from an employer or something. So I didn't wake up at a decent time. I, I would sleep in and like go to bed early and stuff and like just bum around all day. And I didn't create courses like I had set out to do. And I also used a lot of the money for like, quote, high ticket coaches. So that was like depleting the money that I was supposed to use for rent and all that stuff. So anyway, I'm not going to go into that much, but this is just know that the second time I decided to work for myself or when I officially quit my job for the last time in December of 2016, it was the second time, the first time didn't work out because, because I wasn't disciplined. I didn't have that self-discipline that you really need to create for yourself the one good thing about jobs is you have that work life separation. And if you work for yourself, especially working from home, you have to create that. You know, that and that's a that's definitely a challenge that I think a lot of solopreneurs struggle with because Maybe they don't have an extra room that they can use for an office. Maybe they work in their living room or something. And maybe their kids at home or something. There's always uh, distractions and stuff. And you don't think about distractions until they start happening. And you're just like, man, I can't get any work done. And I, I had all these goals for the day and stuff. And I didn't get to any of them because of the distractions and phone calls and all that stuff. But yeah, I'm just continuing on the, the path for like the, the money and stuff. So I quit my job in 2016, December. And then earlier January, I'd started to go to my first live event. So I got out of my comfort zone a little bit and I met some people that were just same age as me. And they were making way more money. And they were just taking more action than me. So the big push in my income or a big increase in my income between December – like November, December 2016 and uh, like February, March, April and stuff, I went from like a couple thousand to finally crossing five figures. And ever since I've crossed that, I've never gotten below that, which is awesome. Wow. But ever since i reached or, or what got me there was literally just taking more action on the stuff that i already knew was working so i wasn't trying to do anything uh, be risky or try any new venture like try anything that i wasn't comfortable with like i'm not the best at facebook ads i haven't a lot, had a lot of success with pay traffic so i just stuck with what i knew and uh since i was still tracking my income i could see what was working see what was already making me money and i just um, dove in and and focused a little bit harder on those things that were already producing money and scaled those things up rather than trying to find a new income stream and like guess at what might make money. I already had this clear blueprint of what was already making money. So I was like, let me just try to make more money with the things that already are bringing in the, the checks and stuff. And that's what I did. And I just put my head down and, uh, stayed disciplined and focused for the next like 60 days and it doubled my income and once i got to that level it just I've maintained that and it, it's continued to grow since then but for the most part i didn't once i put in that initial effort i didn't really have to continue to work hard to maintain it it's just since it's mostly passive it just sort of maintained itself. So it, yeah, I had to put in the work, and obviously, it was again preceded by years of courses and little snippets and nuggets from various courses and uh watching interviews and all that sorts of thing. But like, the actual effort part didn't take a whole lot of time. You know, if that makes sense.
0: That absolutely makes sense. For anybody, well, I'm wondering, so I'm asking from from my behalf, and I'm going to ask the of listeners people, too. AKA
1: me. <laughs> yeah.
0: What does SEO affiliate mean?
1: SEO is just it's a fancy word for just, uh, it stands for search engine optimi- optimization. It just boils down to optimizing your content to rank highly in the search engines, more so Google, since they control most of the search terms these days or wherever the search traffic. And then affiliate stuff is just simply you're basically a kind of independent sales rep or whatever for these products and services in a lot of sense, in a sense, because you're like an independent like sales, like ambassador, basically you're marketing and promoting these brands and products and services. And you get a commission based on the sales that you refer. So that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Like I know for myself, the idea of a sales job sounds really intimidating, scary, because it comes down to com, you know commissions and stuff. And while being in sales can potentially be one of the highest paid careers, I don't consider myself a, like a cl- hardcore closer and uh, really outgoing and stuff like that and really smooth on the phone and things like that. But you're kind of doing the same thing with affiliate marketing. However, if you find a product or service that you really – like and that you use anyway, it's not that hard to sell it. Like, have you ever seen a really awesome movie? And like, how hard is it to tell a friend about a movie that you really enjoyed?
0: Right. No. And and I've had that on the podcast. Like there's books and movies and music that I talk about all the time. Yeah. So so I guess I have another question then for you. Do you have like 18,000 different websites then that you're talking about different products on or what does this look like in your world?
1: Yeah, pretty much it's about nineteen thousand. No, I'm okay. just kidding. I only have a handful of well, I have hundreds of like domains, but I only have a handful of websites that are actually producing money or profitable or whatever. And most of my income streams come from a handful of products and services. So I think it's best in the really in the long term, but definitely in the beginning, to kind of pick a couple, like two to three maybe. Uh, products and services that have affiliate programs that are hopefully have some sort of sustainability or evergreenness to them that are going to be around for a while, either that the, the type of product it is or that particular brand and, and then just, um, create consistent content for those blogs or for that YouTube channel around that particular niche. And the reason I recommend picking like two or three is because you never know which one really is going to take off or do the best for you. Like just because a brand or a product is popular may not necessarily mean that you're going to make a lot of money. So like it's a good idea to pick like two or three and then whatever out of that three takes off, focus like laser focused on that thing, scale up that income. And then then you can do this, repeat the same process, like pick three more things put in some effort, the one that gets the most traction, scale up really, scale that up really uh, high as far as you can uh, scale it, and then just kind of rinse and repeat that until you've got, you know, maybe you've got 10 income streams, but two of them make up 80% of your income and stuff, and eventually you can circle back around and build up those smaller ones, but...
0: So the eighty twenty rule, like a... Yeah. For pretty
1: much, pretty much. I mean, it's really nice to diversify and have multiple streams, but there's two or three of my income streams that make up the majority of my income. That's not to say that the other ones couldn't be scaled to that amount, but I just haven't, you know, I'm only one person. I don't have a team or anything, so I just haven't got around to doing it yet.
0: Well, I like the diversify. I mean, I don't know why I'm using this as an example. It's just what popped into my head. That happens a lot. But I'm thinking about the Chewbacca lady video a a few years ago. Oh,
1: yes, yes. Can
0: you imagine if somebody had a website, all about Star Wars. That wasn't doing too well. I can't imagine that that would ever be the case. But mm-hmm. they were talking about, you know, the Chewbacca masks that they just found at Kohl's, and here's a link. And they just weren't doing too bad or too good. And all of a sudden, Chewbacca lady comes on Facebook, and her video goes viral, and all of a sudden, people are looking for this mask, and they come across <laughs> this website. I mean, bang! It blows up. So yeah, you never know. New York, yeah,
1: Colorado. and as an affiliate, we can ride those trends. So. <laughs> Yeah, that was I I love that from that story from a marketing standpoint, because from what I heard, that was like they were about to take that product off the shelves. It was like underperforming. It was terrible. And that lady made that video and they sold thousands of them.
0: I never heard that. Wow. And I can totally see. I mean, she just blew it up totally unintentionally. And we never know what's going to blow it up.
1: Yeah. I don't know how to predict that. But like when it happens, ride that trend. is as much as you can, like the little hoverboards or the drones. And those kind of have stuck around for a while, or at least while the trend is happening, it's a couple of months before it dries up sometimes. So there's a lot of buzz around that, those products during that time though. So, I mean, that's plenty enough opportunity for you as a small affiliate to make at least a couple hundred, but potentially a couple thousand, just like really easy, just riding those trends.
0: Yeah, and let's just talk for a second on what it really costs to have a website because it's not much. I think mm-hmm. that a lot of people think it takes a lot more than it actually does.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But no. your domain, what, twelve to fourteen dollars a year? If you get privacy, maybe a little bit more than that. Your hosting, I mean you can I'm not gonna name any hosting companies right now because I'm sort <laughs> of in between. But you can get hosting for as little and I'm talking about a WordPress site here, people. How do you feel, Greg? WordPress or otherwise? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think for especially for beginners, WordPress is the, the fastest, easiest way for mm-hmm. people that are like non-techie. It's I mean, what you just swap out your themes, you can get all these uh, professional themes that are easy to customize. And then, you know, as far as making the blog post, it, it's pretty much just like a word editor or yeah. like, yeah, a word minimal processor. Effort,
0: minimal time. I mean, and you don't need to put thousands of hours into a WordPress or into a website design to start making right. money off of it you just need to get out there.
1: Yeah. And you can come back. i struggled with that a lot. I still do because I have a design background. So I want to make everything pretty, but you can make things pretty later. The, The content is what is going to attract the little search engine spiders and, and get your content ranked. So, you know, focusing on creating good content that's relevant to the keywords that you're trying to target and go after is what's going to get your website found. And then you can always come back and do redesigns and switch out themes and make things pretty. Don't stress out about that in the beginning. But yeah, the startup costs are ridiculously affordable. You're talking about, you know, 10 to 15 bucks for a custom domain and then a couple bucks a month. Like everybody has a couple bucks a month that don't tell me you don't have that budget because uh, even if you're in like a third world country, $4 a month. You right. can do it. One dollar a week. Come on. like Yeah.
0: And there's free WordPress themes. So you don't yeah. even need to spend money on a WordPress theme. I mean, for my husband, that would just mean, you know, skipping on two of his sweet teas from McDonald's a month. There's your two bucks. Yep. Yeah. Or for somebody else, the Starbucks or whatever. I have three littles. They're three-year-old twins and a four-year-old. And let me tell you, they are hooked on this YouTube. Uh, well, they love YouTube kids, but they're hooked on this one station channel uh ryan's toys and i saw oh,
1: i have a, f- a friend with a two-year-old and they watch that all the time
0: do you know how much money they're making
1: i i don't know i don't millions yeah millions. it's crazy all they do is like play with toys and box toys and it's like i tell them all the time this is a friend that I, i'm working and train with i'm like man as soon as your kids gets like three or something Freaking monetize that kid. <laughs> Start it yeah. re- record, and this is how. Like I think as a marketer, but for people that think, "Oh, I don't have that much money to buy these toys," here's a little tip: if you have a Walmart or whatever toy store in your area, get a little. You know, f- anybody can get approved for a five hundred dollar credit card. You know, that's like the lowest I think they'll give you or whatever. Three hundred. Your- I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, get you a little $500 or whatever, $1,000 credit card, and use it just for buying toys. And I know this is kind of maybe unethical, but people do it all the time. Go to Walmart, get you a little toy of the week, uh, have your kid unbox it, play with it, return it, get your money back, keep doing that rinse and repeat until you, know, you don't have to return them <laughs> anymore. You just keep doing that system until your tube channel is profitable, and then... Yeah, now now you're all profit now. Uh, but Yeah, yeah you and can- put
0: affiliate links into the videos so that yeah. people can go and buy their own. I mean, my kids, now, some of the ones that they love the most are these eggs, chocolate eggs that they unwrap. And, they, and this is not Ryan's toys, but a different channel. They're these big eggs that have a plastic egg inside of chocolate that has a toy inside. So you can't obviously return those. I mean, the kids are doing the video with a mouthful of chocolate. But my kids want those eggs now. So every Easter, we're like scrambling around trying to figure out where we can get them. But there's so many other videos. Oh, I want that. Oh, I want that. I mean, we don't watch TV. We disconnected our cable a few months back, but Mm -hmm. we never even watched it when we did have cable. But YouTube has become like the new Saturday morning cartoon commercial break because everything that they want. It's just like, I want that. I want that. I want that.
1: Yeah, and And, it's so simple, and people uh, think that you – I know it's weird and awkward in the beginning because you're kind of turning the camera on you or maybe your kids. But you just have to get started, and I promise the more you do, the less awkward it gets, (laughs) you know. And especially if those checks start coming in and you start making money, you're going to be a little more motivated, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know. Actually, I
0: I will put a link to it in the show notes. The company that's going to be helping me produce my planner – Um, one of the partners, he and his family, I think they have six kids. They have a YouTube station and we were just chatting one day. He has $5,000 sponsorship offers just to talk about one of the products for like 30 seconds in a video. And it just blew my mind when I heard about it. I mean, they live in Hawaii and they do videos. I think they release one every single day, but they're 10, 15 minute videos. Most of the time, they're not very long, but when they're you know, they just have a box of cereal on their counter. And yes, yeah. it's strategically placed to show the whole label and show what they're eating.
1: Right, because you gotta put yourself in the shoes of these brands. They're unfortunately you would think with all the millions and billions of dollars that these brands have, you would think they would have their like hire somebody that worked for them that had a kid to make their own channel, but they don't. So they, they piggyback off these other influencers. So that those are me and you, those are that's mm-hmm. an opportunity for folks like me and you to create that content, build that audience and want, and that's a traffic source that they can just pay you money and step in front of. That's a lot less work for them and they would much rather just pay you write you a check than have to build up and maintain this channel and produce regular content. So it's a huge opportunity for folks like me and you.
0: Yeah, and the more videos they do, the more uh, subscriptions they get on their channel. I haven't looked at their channel. Lately, but i I do believe they had a million subscribers. Yeah, that's, that's insane. Like, right? That's insane. Yeah, I mean I, I I will not deny I have twenty YouTube subscribers because I don't do much <laughs> on YouTube. But I have right. thirty thousand Twitter followers and t- fifteen thousand Facebook followers, and that's I get I get influencer offers. I get asked if I'll promote. You know, I've prom- promoted the Walmart Photo Center around the holidays, yeah. and I've gotten paid for it. Right. and all that requires is one or two Facebook posts and one or two Twitter posts and there comes yep. 50 to a hundred bucks for yes. minimal work
1: yep it's gold mine and people just I don't think they understand what they have in front of them like with all these platforms Twitter and Pinterest and Facebook and uh, YouTube and Instagram snapchat all those are traffic sources that if you and, and it doesn't I know it takes some discipline and consistency, but even with things as slow or seemingly slow as SEO, I like to give people like a timeline of about a year or so, 12 months or less, which I know when you're broke and struggling, it seems like forever, but the time's going to pass anyway. And for me and you, we both went to college, uh, university, and stuff that we paid hundreds of thousands of dollars, and that was like four to you know, five, six years for people, even trade schools is like nine months to two years. So a year of one year of effort and focus for, you can definitely build up six figures plus in passive income with just SEO. So I know you can do it with some of these other channels. Like I've had, some of my friends have massive YouTube channels with hundreds of thousands of subscribers too, and they built it in a year or less. I don't know really the how they did it, but I was actually one of the the second live event I went to my friend he said uh i'm gonna think about starting a YouTube channel by the end of that first year I, I think he had close to a hundred thousand and now he's up to about two hundred thousand that's been like two and a half years wow. so don't think this has to take forever and ever. I know again one year or two years seems like forever, but guys like for one to two years of effort to create a foundation to basically build a the cash flow to Set yourself up for the rest of your life. If you put that income in the right you know, investment vehicle or whatever, uh, or like an annuity or whatever, that's not a lot of time. <laughs> like you can literally coast for the rest of your life if you don't blow it on, on stupid stuff, you know, on right. a bunch of liabilities. Like there's not a lot of time and effort. And like, if it's something that you're passionate about, which hopefully you are, hopefully you pick a niche that you're interested in talking about on maybe YouTube or for uh, like what you're doing with your podcast, interview people that you want to talk to and stuff about things that you want to talk about and uh, blog posts, right? blog posts and promote products that you're passionate about. Like if you like outdoorsy stuff, like create a blog about that. Like there's all kinds of products you can promote about that. Create a blog about toys, kids toys or whatever. Like if you're a parent, there's always a new batch of people that are becoming parents, which being a parent, I guess, as it can be expensive with the strollers and the cribs and stuff. And that's, there's millions that become new parents every single year and then diapers and clothes and all the stuff that you outgrow. So there's you have to get more of those for the next kids and stuff like that. And that's a wave of demographic that hits every single month and every single year. It's a sustainable demographic there to promote products to. And that's just one, that's just like new parents. And there's so many other things that people buy and so many other uh, niches and demographics mm-hmm. out there, products to promote. So that was one of the things that, kind of i think held me back for a while is i had the blinders on for internet marketing and biz off and make money online products because that was what i wanted that was what i was interested in but then there's this whole world outside of that where people buy all kinds of stuff online like amazon you go to the grocery store you go to uh, walmart look at all those products on the, the shelves those are products that millions of people are buying all over the planet You know, there's millions of products on those shelves, like the bikes, the Advil, all the stuff in the pharmacy section, all the toys, uh, the clothes, like there's so many things for sale you know, as an affiliate, you can step in front of any of those that you want.
0: Absolutely. And I'm just thinking this episode is going live in June of 2018. So if you're listening to it, when it goes live, I want to pose a challenge to you. Number one, and we'll get the URL in just a moment from Greg. I want you to go over to his site and and find out about the trainings that he offers and no, I'm not an affiliate yet. I don't even know <laughs> if you have an affiliate program, okay, but oh yeah, number two we're we're in June. you have six months of shopping available to you before Christmas if you celebrate Christmas, probably about the same if you're if you celebrate Hanukkah, but most people do some type of you know gift exchange around that type of year. Last year, I had no idea what my four year old daughter Wanted until I asked, it would have been so nice to, you know, have a blog article to refer to. What are the hottest toys for three year olds? Well, forget just the three year old girls. What about the entrepreneurial person? What about the gardeners? You know, what are the hottest gifts? Start researching your niche market now and getting that blog article up because then it has six months to gather, you know, the Google bots, right? And work its way up. But now is the time to start thinking about it because, you know, Walmart, Target, all the big box stores are already working on their Christmas displays and they're, they've already contacted buyers about what they want on their shelves in six months.
1: Absolutely. And like you said, uh, six months, you got like four to five months to prepare So you got four or five months to like prepare for the wave of all the Christmas traffic, which happens every single year. Like the most, there's so many like more billions of dollars that are made the last quarter of the year because of Christmas and all the other holidays. There's so many, you know, millions of billions of dollars that are spent online just in that, in that month of December and like the month prior to it too, like December people there buying, November people buying early Christmas gifts. But So much money is made because like my last job was in the e-com space. We made way more money in December. It was like our, you know, the month that we just crushed all our our numbers and stuff was December because that's when people buy stuff most of the time online, uh, gifts and stuff. So, and that happens every single year. So whatever, if you can get step in front and create some blogs that are ideally evergreen, promoting evergreen products that are. Products that are going to be in like in demand for children, so toys and things like that, uh, maybe video games or whatever you know kids like throughout you know from age one to eighteen or whatever, whatever the popular products are for that Christmas. I see the time of like June and stuff as the time to get ready for that. I know it sound it may seem like wow that's like summertime, like that's way in advance, yeah it gives you plenty of time to prepare so you don't have to rush. Like I don't like to be rushed with anything I do. So especially with SEO, it takes a little bit slower sometimes to get found. So if you get indexed and ranked for like a YouTube video or lots of YouTube videos and blog posts, you're gonna be sitting there for weeks and months before anybody ever else out there s- thinks about starting to promote stuff. And you're already sitting there waiting for the traffic to show up because it it's gonna show up. It happens every single year.
0: Absolutely. Oh, I love this. So on that note, where can people go to find out more about your program so that they can learn what you did and how they can do it for themselves?
1: Yeah, so they can go to dominationcom So that's a course I put together that walks people through everything I do with my niche sites, and that you know it's beginner friendly. It's pretty much friendly like for newbies, intermediate, and even advanced people. So I try to kind of speak to every level of marketer. So even if you're a complete beginner, I walk you through the the basics of buying domains and connecting the domains to hosting and stuff. So you got everything you need to be successful. It's like an all-in-one course. So you've got the the basic foundation and I even show you how to uh, give you tons of ideas for how to scale and share lots of different ways for you to monetize your blog, different affiliate networks, and places to go to find these products to promote. So uh, it's going to give you a really solid foundation to being able to create a sustainable passive income that can at least, my goal for people that take the course that actually, of course, implement it is to achieve a hundred to $200 a day passively. Like if I can help you get to that level, that's going to make me happy. Cause I, I, again, I know that's not like rock star millionaire level, but if I can help you cancel out whatever income you're bringing in right now that's, that, that could can cancel out your, your need for a nine to five to where you would just have money coming in and then you could, you have your time now, you have your freedom, you can just do what you want because the money is always gonna show up to cover your expenses. That's my big goal for you because, and anything you do above and beyond that is kind of on you based on your own goals and dreams and stuff. But if I can help you get to that level, that's the, that's the whole goal of the course is to help teach you some simple strategies to get to that point.
0: Oh, I love that. I have a dog that's getting mad at two cats that are about to fight. And now I'm thinking about, you know, all those cat videos that go viral on the Internet. I mean, <laughs> think about just even cats and dogs. It doesn't need to be people products. People spend so much money on their animals. Yep. Oh, And their hobbies. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, oh, I I'm like f-
1: the cats and dogs. They're like another member of the family. A lot, a lot mm-hmm. of times they'll actually spend more money on their, oh, yeah, their pets that. than their kids, which is mm-hmm. crazy. But hey.
0: Absolutely. Greg, thank you so much for coming on. This has been an awesome conversation. I've enjoyed every single bit of it,
1: starting with the pre-chat. So thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks again for having me on your show.
0: Oh, you're so welcome. Do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you can offer to listeners?
1: Um, I think we kind of touched upon it a lot during the interview, which is, I, I know this is really A challenge in the beginning because you don't you think you don't know that much but the most important to get results is to literally take action it doesn't it's not any harder than that but obviously you have to have some kind of direction a lot of this stuff like if you're kind of like naturally street smart then just hit the ground running and go ahead and take action you can probably figure it out all this stuff is mostly common sense pay attention to what people are doing not necessarily uh, what they're saying, <laughs> pay, pay attention to what they're doing. And you can just use common sense and kind of reverse engineer what they're doing. But um, for the people that aren't as like the uh, street smart, savvy and stuff, then you may want to pick up a, a book or two for um, just some to reframe your mind. If you, one that I highly recommend, it's going to really reframe your mind and probably make it hard to go back to the nine to five is one called the millionaire fast lane. I highly recommend people read that just to kind of reframe your mind and Get you in the right mindset to work for yourself and condition your mind to kind of help teach and train uh, your mind of like what's possible on the other side of that uh, cubicle and nine to five and stuff. And then, yeah, just maybe pick up a book or two or go through a course, ask for some recommendations on whatever it is you're specifically interested in, what I – focus on obviously is like SEO and affiliate marketing and stuff that doesn't have to be the thing that you're interested in so if it's facebook or doing something else or youtube channels seek out experts in in that area try to find the best person that's got a course out there on that you can learn from in that area and then you know go through that one course you know make some notes make some bullet points and just go take action you're going to you're going to learn way more by taking action than you ever will by going through you know 12 courses or whatever. Because we're all after, I think, money and time, freedom and stuff, and the way you're gonna get the money is by taking action. I don't get paid by the fact that I've read like 100 books and stuff. It's because I took action and I've got these websites and all these properties out there that are making money. That's how I'm they're making the money. It's not because I'm like the smartest guy in the room or whatever. Like I said earlier in the uh, in the interview, a lot of these people that you'll you'll meet at these live events, they're no smarter than you. In fact, you're probably smarter than a lot of them, but they've taken the action required to get results. And that's why they're more successful than you. So yeah, definitely take action. That's the, or take massive action as people say, like that's, what's going to get you results. And um, obviously, you know, there's a, a little bit of a bounce that you need to um, create because um, I like to uh, take action in the form of like sprint. So I like, I try to work really, really hard and then I'll take a break and really, really hard and take a break. But do whatever's comfortable for you. I just don't want you to burn out because we get that way at jobs. You know, We're working, working, working. And most people only have like two, maybe two weeks of paid vacation, which is really sad because um, we need breaks just to kind of refocus and re- kind of reset our minds and stuff. And you need that with your you know, business life and what you're doing online too. So um, yeah, just take action, but make sure to reward yourself every little tiny victory you have when you make that, you know, you said you made your $2 uh, commission from Amazon, go get some Froyo or something, reward yourself for that action that you took. You know, once you make a hundred dollars, you know, go get a pizza or something, whatever you like to do, just keep doing that over and over again until you reach your, your goals.